Welcome to the Friends of Israel today. I'm Steve Conover. With me is our host and teacher, Chris Gatolka. We have a packed show for you today, so we're going to take as much time as we can for that content. Chris, who's with us in the studio? Yeah, the reason it's packed is because we have three of our Jewish friends with us, Steve, Mitch, and Larna, all working with Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, talking about what it was like growing up in a Jewish household celebrating Hanukkah. You're not going to want to miss this. It's funny, it's enlightening, and I think it's going to bless you. We have in studio uh, three dear friends, three dear colleagues, Steve Herzig, the director of North American Ministries, Lorna Simcox, who is the editor-in-chief of our flagship magazine, Israel My Glory, and Mitch Treisman. Mitch, I don't know what you do. What do you, what do, you do, Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> no, Mitch is our field ministries representative here in the Philadelphia Harrisburg area, investing his life and energy into ministering to the Jewish community here. It's great to have everyone here. Um, we're going to be talking about Hanukkah, growing up and celebrating Hanukkah. Everybody in this room but me is Jewish. And there's a saying, you know, when there's three rabbis in a room, you leave with how many opinions? Four different opinions. So I don't know what's going to happen here today. But let me let me just say this. Uh, Steve came into the studio and said, you got to lead with this question. How many gifts did you receive growing up Jewish during Hanukkah. So I'm going to I'm going to leave it with that. How many gifts did you get growing up during Hanukkah? Well, Chris, it's great to be here. I know we were talking beforehand and Mitch was saying that he got nothing. Bupkis is the Yiddish <laughs> word for that. Lorna said she got one. And when I was growing up, when I was young, very young, first few years, we got a gift each day for each of the nights of Hanukkah. Okay. So everybody had a different Hanukkah experience. I think the gift giving starts later back in the you know, hundreds of years ago, they never gave gifts at Hanukkah. And it's only recently with Christmas season that all the Gentile kids are piled up under the tree. The Jewish family starts to relent and start to give a gift here and a gift there. And, and she got one, he got eight. And I was a little too old to get any. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but when I would go back to school after the holidays, we called it Christmas holidays right. at our school. But after I got back, the kids had like... They bought out the store. <laughs> I did get eight little gifts, but the, they got a complete wardrobe. They got every kind of game you could imagine. I got bupkis. How about you, Lorna? I got one gift. That was it. But that was all. You know, I, I never thought about getting more than that because I don't. I I think uh, I agree exactly with what Mitch is saying. Back when I was little, nobody I knew got one every night. I mean, it was not that kind of a thing. Can I ask really too, uh, quick too, Lorna, can you, how did you grow up and, and what type of family, how did you celebrate? Were you religious? Can you tell us about that? Okay, well, we were conservative Jews and we went to a conservative synagogue, but actually uh, my mother grew up Orthodox and my father was an atheist. And the only reason he went to the synagogue, he didn't, he didn't go actually to the synagogue. He went when we had like a Hanukkah play. We always had a play on Hanukkah or in the, the synagogue had a Hanukkah party for the kids who went to Hebrew school, which I did. But my father said that if there were a God, he would not have allowed six million Jews to be killed during World War II. And that turned him into a confirmed atheist. The only reason he sent us to the synagogue was because he wanted us to grow up as Jews. Okay, how about you, Mitch? I relate to that. Um, many of the Jewish men I knew made that same decision in their lives. And my father 
steadfastly wanted to continue to faith in God. We were raised in a conservative home, and the synagogue was Orthodox conservatives because it's the only synagogue in the community. And my father said, we're Jews. We're not religious Jews. We're not, not, we, this is, we do Jewish things. We live in a Jewish home. We go to a Jewish shul. And uh, remember, just remember you're a Jew. You're not like them. <laughs> you're, you're a Jew. And Hanukkah was part of the Jewish tradition. Lighting candles uh, every night for eight nights. That's what Jews did. You okay. know? So that was a part of the tradition of being it, Jewish, it not necessarily part of being the religious. Family. Right. This is what our family does. Right. But don't worry about what the other family. If they keep kosher, that's their business. They don't, that's their business. We, this is what we do. How about you, Steve? Well, I could relate to both. Uh, what Lorna's saying and Mitch is saying, we're Jews. My father was a World War II vet as well. Uh, the Holocaust meant a lot to him and affected uh, him the rest of his life as far as his uh, spiritual thinking is concerned. But when it came to Hanukkah, it was, we're Jews. Uh, and there was a clear contrast with all the commercials on TV and all, we're not, we're not them. Mm -hmm. And I, I think all three of us can, re yes. can relate to that. Hanukkah was something we did. We knew how to do it. We put the menorah in the front. We lit the candles. We had potato latkes. Uh, and usually Jewish families, I don't know about you two, but the way our family did it, whether it was Hanukkah or Passover, that's the right way to do it. You, <laughs> you went to another home and if they didn't do it the way you did it, they're not doing it the right way. Can you relate at all, Lorna? Well, we, we didn't do much, so because my father didn't want it in the house. Well, then his dad thought you were wrong. That's right. Yes, that would exactly. be don't go, don't don't go to that house. They're like Goyim. <laughs> one year, one year there was a big argument. We went to Mark Lichter's house. I should say that on the radio. <laughs> and his parents lit the Hanukkah candles after the Sabbath lights on Friday night. Oh boy. This is verboten. You can't do it because once Sabbath begins, you can't Trade. light candles. Unclean Hanukkah. Hanukkah candles <laughs> are lit before the Shabbos candles. <laughs> I want to just say this too for our listeners if you're joining in. Uh, we have some dear Jewish friends here. And the one thing that unites all of us is that Steve, Mitch, and Lorna. Yes, they are Jewish, but they have also placed their trust and their faith in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. So I want to make that clear, because if you're listening, uh, the, the backgrounds that we're listening, uh, hearing right now are so important, but they are also met in one awesome place. And that is in the in the personhood and the Messiahship of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. So uh, we're going to talk about that more later. But I, I want to ask, how, how did growing up probably in a very Jewish community, but also surrounded by a Christian culture. How did that impact Hanukkah for you all? You know, Mitch, I'll leave with you on that one. Well, uh, Christmas takes on such a, uh, it wasn't a quite as big then as it is now, but still even then, countdown to Christmas, X number of shopping days, uh, people decorating their homes, uh, uh, you know, and Hanukkah was such a insignificant uh, holiday compared to the overwhelming uh, bash of, of the Christmas time. But we always knew that we had a uniqueness and I, I like being different. I like being special. I like the fact that that's not us. This is us. We don't eat like them. We do things different. I worship on Shabbat, not on Sunday and so on. And uh, where, where did you grow up to, Mitch? Uh, most of my, I guess I was born in Brooklyn, lived in New York to like five most of my life was, uh, the grow up years was from five to 17 in Dumont, New Jersey. 
Um, and I went to the Bergenfield Duma Jewish Community Center. And I was bar mitzvah there in uh, 1960. So that's where I grew up then. We went to so Chicago after that happened. Most of my life was walking to shul with my dad. It was three quarters of a mile from Dumont to the synagogue. Walked on Saturday. I always remember the day that he let go of my hand and let me walk. I was 17. No. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, I walked with my father to shul. That's a memory a lot of people don't have. Yeah. Because a lot of the other men stopped going to shul by the time of my father's age. He would walk to shul with myself every, every Saturday morning, which was a great experience. Yeah, great tradition. How about you, Larna? Uh, how, how did uh, growing up in a very Christian culture impact uh, Hanukkah or anything of that nature? Well, actually, um, we we might have had a Christian culture, but I was very, very steeped in the synagogue. All my friends were Jewish. I went to Hebrew school three days a week, uh, all the way through high school. I went to uh, Camp Ramah, and I was a member of the United Synagogue Youth and Young Judea, and I was really embedded into the Jewish community. To be honest with you, it didn't, all that Christmas stuff, I thought it was really pretty and you know i you know growing up in vermont we had a lot of snow at christmas so it was more a seasonal kind of thing for me but i i was a jew and the jewish things were my things so i didn't really focus much on christmas it it was just something the Goyim did, you know? Yeah, it wasn't right. anything I right. did. Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, if you're just joining in, we're talking about what it was like growing up Jewish and, and, and celebrating Hanukkah uh, during this time. But before we continue, because we've got a lot more to discuss here. Before we continue, I want to introduce you to actually a book that Lorna wrote. It's a book called The Search, and it's really a book of Lorna's testimony in coming to faith in Jesus, the Messiah, Lorna, what what made you uh, want to write this book? Really, you you were saying it was agonizing almost to pour your heart out during this book. What made you want to do that? Well, I felt it was growing up. I always was told that Jesus was like the Goyesha God. You know, you there the Goyim, the non-Jews, bow down to a man, and we as Jews, we worship the invisible one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when I, after a long search, well, not as long as some Jewish people have, but it, I began wondering actually, who is Jesus? And it took me about two years and the Lord showed me that Jesus actually is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I thought this is something that Jewish people need to understand mm. that he's not a goyish God, that, that, Christians don't bow down to a man. They're bowing down to the God of Israel. Mm -hmm. And he is the Messiah of Israel. And it says in Isaiah, it's too small a thing. The father said that you should just be the Messiah of Israel. I'm going to make you the savior of the whole world. And it's our Messiah who is the savior of the entire world. It's through him we have uh, forgiveness of sin. He took our sin upon him. And, you know, it says in Isaiah, with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord's laid on him the iniquity of us all. And I thought I, I was so surprised after 11 years, 12 years of Hebrew school to find this out, you know, to learn this as an adult, that I wanted to share it because it's I love my people and I want them to understand 
how much Jesus loves them and who he really is. And that's why I wrote the book. It's a fantastic book. And I want to encourage our listeners right now. Uh, you can get Larna's The Search by simply going to foiradio.org. And there at our website, you can connect right to the book. The Search, this is a great tool for not only hearing about Larna's testimony and how she came to faith, but how you can also learn how to minister to your Jewish friends around you. So I want to encourage you to go to foiradio.org, and there you can get The Search. Steve, we left off with Lorna. What was it like for you as you were coming up? Uh, How much did the Christian culture influence uh, Hanukkah for you in any way? Well, I think it influenced uh, the Jewish community. We have a large Jewish community. The area that I lived, almost everybody was Jewish. Uh, Of the 3,000 kids in my high school, uh, probably 2,700 of them are Jewish. But nonetheless, the, the... the Christmas was still big in Northeast Ohio. There were lights everywhere. The stores were decorated with stuff. And so in that sense, we just said, oh, that's what they do. But we have we have our own stuff and we could do what we do. And I, I agree with uh, Mitch. I have the fondness of uh, walking to synagogue with my dad. Same kind of thing. Uh, what's an interesting, I have to say it, Mitch, Mitch was five years old when he left Brooklyn. Do you still hear the Brooklyn accent? What? Five years old. It's like he just got. It's like he just got off the bus in Philadelphia. I'm saying this is crazy. But in in hearing, I joke about that. I mean, it's it's there. There's a sense um, being Jewish. What what's that whole thing mean? Uh, we have our own stuff, but our own stuff really resonates and resides even if we're an atheist father a mixed marriage is what Lorna's parents had <laughs> an atheist and a, and a more observant jew uh, uh we're jewish but we're not you know we're not like everybody else it's interesting that god put that in his people we've scattered all over the place since 70 a.d here's three jewish people who are jewish and uh we we do believe in the messiah but if you're listening, you can hear there is that sense that we're yeah. different. We're still different than the Goyim. I'm still different <laughs> yeah, than you, true. Chris. Uh, but at the same time, when the Bible says uh, the middle wall of partition has been broken, you're laughing at our jokes. That means you're getting it. <laughs> but I, I do want to say this, because not only were you different, as you say, but you're even more different than you were before, because you all are Jewish believers, which makes you even more different in your own community. Lorna said something that, about not identifying with the Gentiles, not going out with them and so on. And that, that is something people don't realize. The, the only Gentiles who came into our home were plumbers. <laughs> we had a Jewish plumber. <laughs> you, know, you know, really, we, we had, I never knew, I didn't think they were there, but I don't think black and white, Hispanic, I think Jew and them. Yeah. And uh, I still tend to think that way, although in the in Messiah, we're all one in, in Messiah. And I, Can I ask you too, Mitch, how now that you're a believer uh, in the in, in Jesus, how has that changed Hanukkah for you in any way? Oh, well, Hanukkah now is a wonderful time to present the gospel. 
uh, you know, and and look at the Christological implications when it occurred historically and how that gave Israel back the land and all of those things, the temple, the real light, real worship, true dedication. Our Messiah was in the temple at the Feast of Dedication. It's mentioned in the New Testament and so on. And uh, yeah, it's a whole. Now I look forward to the, and the grandchildren now, but that's how they do faith. Here. Yeah, for but they still being able to con, uh, transfer those traditions are still important to your to your family. I love my kids. They light the candles. They send me videos of the kids lighting the candles, saying the prayers. You know, it's 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 a beautiful thing. Steve, how about you? How has being a believer in Jesus uh, impacted the way that you see Hanukkah compared to what it was like before? Just like Mitch, and I'm sure Lorna as well. Uh, in the, in the ministry that God's called us and Lorna's husband, Tom, is in our department as well. We go to churches. We take the menorah, the Hanukkah. We talk about the shamus candle, the servant candle that lights all the other candles. Uh, and we can tie that into a church uh, congregation and say, when you were young, you sang this little light of mine. Uh, who, lights, who lights your light? Of course, it's Christ. And we could take the Hanukkah menorah take the shamus candle and say, these candles don't get any light unless they have the servant. Who's the servant? Amen. Uh, and so we preach the gospel just in a sense, the, the Jewishness of the gospel, because in John chapter 10, as Mitch said, Jesus is celebrating the feast of dedication. And it's interesting, Lauren, I think you, you'd be great if you comment on it. It was in John chapter 10 that Jesus said, the father and I are one. That like pierces the heart of a, it, it's hard to comprehend. Wasn't it for you, Lorna? It was. And I remember it, I, when I uh, first started thinking, wondering who, who actually is Jesus? Who really was he? Well, my very best friend, Nancy, who was Jewish, God saved before I did and had been praying for me for an entire year. Hmm. And I was out in California and she'd given me the gospel for the first time ever. I had never heard the gospel before. And I remember I was staying in a Marriott and I pulled open the drawer and I thought there must be a Bible in here somewhere. <laughs> and there was a Bible. And I started trying to read. I f opened up to Matthew, which is like the begats, the worst place in the world <laughs> when you don't know anything about the Who New Testament. Who starts a book like this? I know. It was, so I thought this isn't going to work. I've got to find something else. And I went into, I think it was John chapter 10, but I'm not positive. And I was struggling with everything that had been done to the Jewish people in the name of Christ. Hmm. And I, I, I was really struggling with that. And I read where Jesus was talking and he said, basically, don't look at the things people do. Look at what I, look at me, look yeah. at what I do yeah. and see that I'm doing the works of the father. And it was like the Lord said to me, don't look at what everybody's done in my name. Look at me look at what I'm doing. And that completely eradicated my feelings that uh, I, you know, all this persecution that's been done in the name of Christ. Um, I thought those are just people. I have to look at Christ himself. Yeah. And Amen. that changed everything for me. And uh, it was actually a Gideon Bible in the whole, God bless the Gideons. That's amazing. Amen. God Chris, bless does them. anybody know how to spell Hanukkah? <laughs> it, if, if, is it a C-H? Is, is it, it a, a ha or it, the ha? It, you, know, you, know, you know, if the if the Jewish people could figure out how to spell Hanukkah, I probably wouldn't have become a Christian. It's, it's, I couldn't have figured that out. I, I do want to say this. It's, 
You know what? The amazing thing about Jesus is that, uh, like you said, he's torn down the partition wall. And I think a lot of times that means that the Jewish people now get to become more Gentile. I think that's the way a lot of the, the church thinks. But it, it actually radically changed me differently. This this morning when I was driving my kids to school, uh, we live near the Cherry Hill area, a very Jewish community, a big Jewish community in South Jersey. And they had a menorah out uh, for, for Hanukkah. And I looked at my kids and I said, you know, Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. And it's so important to know that without the Hanukkah story, there would be no Jesus. And they were all just blown away by this. So it wasn't that we're we're not we, here at the Friends of Israel. We don't want to rob the Bible of its Jewishness. We actually want to say, no, Gentiles, non-Jews come to the Jewish Messiah. And that's an amazing concept to think about. To me, that just blows my mind that here we are. And the culture barrier is knocked down. I get to interact with you all on this level because of what Jesus has done. Chris, I could just tell you, you just hit a home run. We all tell, uh, when we go to churches, all of us, Mitch, Lorna, her husband, Tom, you do it. Without without Hanukkah, Antiochus would have won. That's right. And no Jesus. Mm -hmm. That alone, when we say that at a church, I've seen it happen. The congregation jumps up their eyes get bigger mm-hmm. because they never thought of that before yeah it's true it's true mitch i'm interested to know when, when you go to churches do you speak about hanukkah and and how do you present the story to to christians about hanukkah as a, as a jewish believer i have a whole thing of powerpoint i think jesus was a hanukkah baby and uh, I, I think the birthday was moved from the 25th day of the hebrew month of the kislev and moved over to december and I showed things about, um, you know, the, when the priests were ministering and all of that stuff. It's a long involved, uh, you know, presentation. But I think Jesus was truly born on Hanukkah. Uh, we know that the bishops moved it away from a Jewish holiday. And I try to replicate that. Whether he was or wasn't, I, that's not the big deal. But I, I, uh, I kind of think that that's significant. Uh, what, why are the Jews celebrating Hanukkah? If it's a celebration, a dedication to temple... And the temple's destroyed in ruins. Why do they continue to celebrate it? It'd be like if we lost the the independence to England. We lost the revolution. We would still have the 4th of July, but we wouldn't celebrate our independence <laughs> if we're not independent. Yeah. So why they so And the Talmud Africa asked that. Why Hanukkah? So they invented this miracle about the lamp, which is not... It doesn't even hold any logistical... It's an impossibility. That's the story where they right. say there wasn't enough oil for right. the menorah right. Right. and God yeah. provided it for eight days. Yeah, I mean, like, the oil was olive oil. It's not a amount of olives. <laughs> How much trouble you I mean, you can shake a tree. I mean, you don't got to go down to Egypt and make a contract with Sun Oil Company or something. It's, it's not a problem to get oil. So anyway, we, we demythologize Hanukkah and we, and we try to look at the real dedication of the temple. On the day that the temple was rededicated, that's the day that God sent the true temple into the world as a dedication. And it said, destroy this temple. Three days ago, raise it up. And he Mm. spoke of his body. And they thought, and he connects that message. Yeah, for sure. You know, one of my favorite parts about the Hanukkah uh, chapter in John chapter 10 is that there's this unique connection that it's the same chapter also beforehand where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I'm going to lead my people. I'm going to, you know, the, going back to the prophet Ezekiel, I'm going to be the one who leads my people, provides for them because the religious leaders were failing miserably. I'm the good shepherd. I will provide. And I think that's exactly 
what was going on at that time. They were looking at Jesus and they were saying, all your leaders have led you astray. Follow me. I'm the Messiah. Yes. I'm the Savior. I can't thank you all enough for being here. I wish we could spend hours and hours talking about this. I'm sure you have stories that Shut the radio off. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for being here and happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, Chris. Thank you for joining us today. A quick reminder, if you would like to purchase Lorna Simcock's book, The Search, visit foiradio.org. Again, that's foiradio.org. Or you can call our number at 888-343-6940, and someone will return your call during our regular business hours. Again, that's 888-343-6940 to purchase your copy of The Search. In Canada, call 888-664-2584. That's 888-664-2584 in Canada. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people.